the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Rescuers, the show about people who change and save lives. Now, here's your host, Art Brooks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Rescuers Radio Show. Heard every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360 and faithtalk1360.com. Please go to our rescuersradioshow.org website, where you can hear all of the shows on podcast. And um, as this is a listener-guided show as well, if, you, if you're bent in the direction of wanting to donate, there's a purple button to push on the uh, web- website, and that'll carry you through all that process. But I'm really excited about my, uh, my guest right now, uh, Mike Lindstrom, an author, professional speaker, and performance coach. And we're going to dig all through those things with Mike. But Mike, Glad to have you Thanks this morning. Thanks for having me. This is overdue. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Overdue. I know. So uh, before we d- uh, do a d- uh, dive into your, your expertises, uh, let's bring our audience up to speed on your background. How did you get to this point in your life? So let's see. I graduated from law school in 1997, and I was kind of a wayward grad. Not sure I wanted to go down that path. Uh, so I started looking to see what's out there. And Tony Robbins, a motivational speaker, uh, was looking for a position as a what's called a field sales rep. You're a speaker, basically representing Tony Ra- Robbins in the North American territory. So I had a friend of mine. That's the elite of the elite. Yeah, he's he's the best. <laughs> and uh, I I just through knowing people, I got the uh, interview. You had to go through a pretty rigorous process, and I uh, got the job. So I kind of uh, I never looked back. I got involved with personal development in 1998, and then I was with him for a couple years. And then um, they, we built his coaching company back in 2000, 2001, yeah. when, when coaching was becoming like a sexy thing in executive America, right? Yeah. So I helped him build the, the uh, organization, and it's time for me to spread my wings. So here we are. Wow. So uh, we're going to talk yeah. about Tony Robbins a little bit more, but right now I'd like to uh, start off with a phrase uh, that you have, lifting up young Americans. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that. Well, I have two boys, 14 and 11. Rhett's going to be going to high school this year, and uh, my other guy's going into junior high school. So obviously that was a big game changer for me when uh, they were born. I realized that there's a a greater sense of purpose, not just for me as a father, but contributing to other kids. So now I coach their youth sports, (laughs) things of that nature. So I just always wanted to have – that'd be a platform for kind of the next chapter of my life. Yeah. I just turned 50 this year. So I call it the next half. So it's giving back and helping lift people, lifting up young Americans. That's awesome. So, um, and, and you and I are attached to another organization that's helping with that, right? Ambassadors of compassion. Ambassadors of compassion. They're passionate about that. Yeah. 
We uh, and, and that's that's pretty neat that you get to see the the result of kids are at risk yeah. and they go through our program and it's obviously about character development and overcoming and you get to see the kid who's struggling at the beginning and you see him go through this program and come out on the other side. I mean, obviously we have a lot of success stories Absolutely. that we talk about. We're proud of that. Yeah, very very much so. And uh, if you'd like to learn more about it, I think there's Ambassadors of Compassion uh, website. You'll yep. just just uh, Google that, and it'll take you right to there. So um, so I want to hear more about your uh, tutelage with ter- Tony Robbins, because does he still live in Hawaii? And I don't know where, no, he's, I don't no, know where he's lived all yeah, this he's, time. Uh, he is in Florida now. Florida, okay. Yeah, well, it's kind of funny because— He's got to be—he's not a spring chicken anymore. No, Tony's 62, I think, this year. Oh, rats. 62. I thought he'd be my age. Yeah, so he's 62 I'm 74. Yeah, he, you're, you're young at heart, man. <laughs> age is the state of mind. You know that. I know. Um, no, he's in Florida now, and he— that was a shift. San Diego was the main office, and that's where I was where I was living at the time was San Diego. But he he's had a place in Palm Springs, but he's, his main place Wherever is wherever he Florida. wants. Yeah, <laughs> but here's what's cool is during COVID, our event, our industry really shut down. We couldn't do live events, so uh, keynote speeches just shut down. Gone. So this guy is usually doing you know five seven thousand people. So he he created a Zoom studio, which is like thirty feet tall with all wow. these little screens on it, and now he does everything virtual. So, really? Yeah. So he's. Not, I mean, he has. He's gotten older. He's probably yeah. thinking, "Hey, I could just do this in my Good in my for house." Him. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. If you actually go on Instagram or if you Google it, you can see this big studio that, that Zoom helped them build. I, I will. It's pretty neat. Yeah, I'd like to see that. So, um, uh, gosh, and there's probably a lot of our listeners have read his books or or listened to him at some point in a in a in a talk uh, that he gives and. And, uh, man, he's influenced a lot of people. But you being part of that uh, the ma- on the management side, yeah. uh, gosh, you've probably – your influ- influence has t- touched thousands. Yeah, and w- I was fortunate because I was so young. I was, I was 25 when he hired me. So by the time I started my own company, I was 28. And I, I just – you know, be able to have the stage underneath the tutelage of Tony Robbins, you're yeah. influencing salespeople, leaders, kids, yeah. teenagers, celebrities, athletes. And when I when I started my own company, I I didn't want to play at that level. I didn't I don't like doing twelve thousand people in big stadiums. <laughs> That's not my thing. Yeah. So most of the things I do are more private events, like yeah. a keynote. You know, if you want to a right. conference, you have a private speaker come in. So I do those, but it's kind of neat to be able to. to Create niches, real estate industry, commercial, residential, financial, insurance industry, uh, on both sides, carrier, broker are some of my niches. But uh, still, I go back to you know, the kids and contributing <laughs> that forward because I want to see this next generation yeah. lift up because I'm, I'm just so concerned, you know, with social yeah. media and the negative impact that these kids have in that, in that phone that's yeah. just right there. It's like a universe, just negativity all the time. So if we can reframe that, and give our kids a better chance, then it makes me more passionate about it. Yeah, and, and we're, we're watching that so closely now, and, and, and the change is pretty obvious. Yeah. And it's it's not good no, most it's of the not. time. I, I, we were really hesitant uh, to give Rhett his cell, first cell phone when he was in <laughs> sixth grade or seventh grade, but frankly, it was more necessity for us as parents, you know, because safety, you know, you're getting picked yeah. up from practice, and now my other guy, he's going into uh, junior high, and he doesn't have a phone yet. There's grandkids that have them. I know. There's kids at our school that are like five, six years old who have cell phones, and there's nothing positive happening Playing in that cell games phone. And, yeah, and, TikTok and yeah, yeah. the way they chat and the, the social peers 
uh, the pressure that they feel because they see their friends doing stuff with other people. Where you and I, you go away for the summer, right? When you get out of school, you're like, hey, I'll see you in the, in the fall. <laughs> now every night they're on their phone they're going, right. oh, Jimmy's over at Tommy's house. Look what I'm doing now. Yeah, 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 it's like, check me out. <laughs> but it's, it's such a... Um, it, it impacts your psyche, yeah. and, I, and I think the more that we can, you know, go back to like our topics that we talk about, with amb- ambassador of compassion. These subject matters are true, not just for at-risk kids, yeah. but understanding character and resilience is important for everybody. And isn't it just really all of Christ's teachings, right? Hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent. That's the foundation, yeah. and and uh, you don't have to scream that. Yeah. Just look at look at what the teaching is, yeah. and and it's. It's self hundred percent self evident, right? Yeah. So, um, gosh, when when you say when you say professional speaker and uh, performance coach, uh, I want you to expand and go down that road uh, with me. And you use the word vestige. Uh, you're a vestige speaker. Vestige. Vestige. Yeah. Vestige. Yeah. Speaker slash trainer. Yeah, so Vistage is like a uh, like a YEO or a YPO. It's an international company where you know CEOs and leaders get together once a month in their chapter. Okay, and then we have a speaker program built into it. You have to be certified. You have to get rated, and then you go in the database, and then each chapter can pick off pick off a speaker and say, "Hey, we want Mike to come in next month to talk about leadership." So I do. I don't do as much Vistage uh, as. I would like to. It's just it's a lot of travel. My kids are at the age now. I like being home. I don't like to miss sports. Yeah. Um, so the the performance coaching though is is the one on one coaching. So when I do a live event, let's say I do a private event like a keynote, I might have a thousand people in the room. So at the very end, I might introduce myself as a coach and say, "Hey, if, if anything I said tonight resonates with you, let you know take it offline, half hour session, and then I can have a session with them to break down what are their needs, what are their goals." What's holding them back? Yeah. I always say there's three questions, right? What do you want? <laughs> Why do you want it? And what's holding you back? And if yeah. you know those three basic questions, which a lot of times people don't, they hire someone like me as a performance coach. Yeah. So, um, gosh, if I mean, I, I come from the broadcast industry and it's all about sales, right? So I've met a lot of lot of sales presenters over the decades that I've been in in the business a lot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> A lot, and and two names come to mind: you and Dave Ramsey. <laughs> oh, that's, that's good company. That's good company. That's definitely good. And company. Tony Robbins, you know. Yeah, but uh, gosh, um, that's pretty rare air with those guys, right? Yeah, they you, talk to thousands of people at a time. Hundred percent. But the, <laughs> the people don't realize how tight our industry is. Like Jim Rohn, R O R O H N Rohn. Yes, was Tony's mentor. So oh, I he, didn't know that. Yeah, so you yeah. have guys like Kim Blanchard. Yeah. Ken Blanchard is very much a faith guy. We've worked on a couple of projects with Ken Blanchard, Servant Leadership. I like his books. I, yeah, we're working on another book that's coming out this year. I can't give it away yet, but uh, we got contributing authors, and it's picking up from where he left off with Servant leader, Leadership. Yeah. So these these guys are all still making it happen. I mean, yeah. it blows my mind. I mean, Tony's actually, <laughs> I mean, I, I joke at him being 62. The guy's full of energy and life. But there's guys out there that are just still doing in the 80s, 80s, right? Yeah. 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 So um one thing I like about uh servant leadership book there's two definitions to ego. Mm. You know that? I, uh what's the one you're thinking of? One is exalting God only. Oh, yep, yep. yep. The other one is is um uh, ha. That's the one I know. Exalting, exalting God, God only, only or edging God out. That's the other. Oh, you told me that one. You did tell me yeah. that. I remember a couple weeks ago we chatted. Ken Blanchard. Yeah. <laughs> Ken's good. Thought, He's good stuff. That, that's that's awesome stuff. So, um, 
Wow. So you, as you do, you do a lot of traveling. I mean, you, you're traveling. Yeah, I try, you know, the, the, here's the thing about, you know, these fancy microphones and cameras and the, and the lights and <laughs> yeah. zoom, right. And, yeah. the, and the technology is you don't have to, I think it, the industry took about six to eight months to finally accept, Hey, do we really need to fly this guy in? Yeah. When we can put them up on a big screen. I mean, yeah. granted, the mono a mono is awesome. You get to touch right. the people and you get them interact and socialize with them. But anymore, it's kind of like become a hybrid. People yeah. ask me, Mike, are, are you comfortable being live on stage or do you prefer hybrid do you, or do you care? And it just depends on my kid's schedule. Honestly, I, don't like to miss, <laughs> I don't like to miss sports and uh, they all play, you know, they play lots of sports. So something's going on every night of the yeah. week. Well, we launched uh, Rescuers. Yeah. At the beginning of uh, the uh, pandemic, May 1st of 2020. Jeez. And I thought, oh, my gosh, God, what what are we doing here? Yeah. And we we went through the entire year without uh, losing a guest. Wow. Never. And part of that was because the onset of Zoom was at the beginning. Mm-hmm. We all should have been on that trading stock, right? Oh, big time. Yeah, no, you said that right. <laughs> Couldn't see it. But uh, but it, when it came on, it wasn't the best technology yet, mm-hmm. but they worked through that. It's excellent. It's excellent. And uh, so we, we would give uh, guests, uh, a, a, you know, if you want to come in, I'd rather you come in yeah. eyeball to eyeball. I like that. But if you're little shaky about what's going on yeah we can do zoom so that that's how we started using it here yeah and um it's still it's still 50 50 if you look at fortune 500 companies and their preference you see some of these big companies like remax international or you know mutual omaha these big companies are finally getting back into assembly yeah or they're used, these are big sales companies, as you know. So yeah. they they used to have mid year check meetings, conference award meetings, right? They're, they've spent a lot of money on these things, I know, right? But I know. They've been doing those for three years, so a lot of my clients have finally come back. But I still find that there is that person, like you said, or leader, or culture of an organization that says, you know, we're going to continue to keep this kind of virtual, this kind of keep it remote because that's kind of become the culture of the organizations out there. Yeah. Well, at this stage of the game for me and in the radio show, uh, we have a lot of uh, national and even international audience and, uh, and they let us know. And, and so I can, with zoom, it doesn't matter. I I can be talking to somebody from matter of fact, uh, one of my next programs is going to be a pastor from Uganda. Wow. Wow. (laughs) He's running an 800 children orphan over in Uganda. And I'm going to have him on the show next, uh, my next time around. Mm -hmm. So, um, it, 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 there's, there's no bars. I mean, you, yeah. you can go and go, but I'm still an eyeball to eyeball guy. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's tough. Cause you do see a generational shift. Yeah. Like a lot of my CEOs that let's call them over the age of 50, just yeah. for simplicity. They really want people coming back in the office. Right. But you have a, a generation that just had something major hit in their life, right. From 1990 or, you know, 2000, March of whatever it was, 2020 to now, where they've created this new belief. It's like, Dad, do you really need me to come in? You know, I can work remote. It's cheaper. You know, so I think there is kind of like an old school mano a mano, probably like you and I. But there's a lot of new school. Like, hey, it's okay. You don't need to come back in the office. Yeah. 
stay 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 working from home. You don't have to be on the the road. You don't have to worry about gas you know gas prices when they were going through the roof last year. <laughs> I know five fifty a gallon or whatever. Who wants to travel? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you know, my wife has her own business and she's doing it yeah. all from in house. Yeah. Uh, there there will be a, a, a meeting once in a while that she has to attend, but. Most of it's in house. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I don't. People ask me that all the time as yeah. a, as a as a coach or consultant. Do I ever think it's going to go back? And I I don't think so. I yeah. think it's always going to be a, a combination of a hybrid. Hey, for our audience, uh, if you've uh, dialed in a little late to the program, my guest is Mike Lindstrom, author, p- professional speaker, and performance coach, and. Um, so I, I, I want to touch base with you about books. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've we've written one or two books? Three, actually. Three, okay. Yeah, the last book. Tell um, us all about that part of your life. Yeah, so the last book I came out, uh, gosh, 15, 2015, 2016, and it's called What's Your Story? Discover the Man Behind Your Dad. I had a uh, – it was not near death, not even close. I was on a plane, and it was really bad turbulence. This is when Monica was pregnant with my son, oh. my first son. Oh, And I'm a big journaler. I write a lot, and I always capture thoughts, or I use prompts, and I'll fill it up. And I remember thinking, that, gosh, if this plane goes down, my son, who's going to be here in a couple months, doesn't know a lot about dad. So I started writing in a journal to him. Yeah, you know, I didn't know Colt was going to come. You know, two and a half years later, so I just figured, you know, one day when I pass, my kids will have this thing for posterity, which it sits in a in a safety deposit box at our bank. But I, I was telling the story on stage about me journaling to my son because I was just being authentic about this plane ride and holy crap, if this thing goes down, what am I? You know, people aren't going to know who, who my story is. Yeah. So I created a, uh, the idea to come up with uh, 114 questions as prompt. And you buy the book and you, f- you fill it up. A lot of people do uh, rec- audio or video recordings because yeah. they don't like to write, which is fine. Yeah. Uh, but it was kind of – it was I never, nothing's accidental. You know that art. Everything's serendipitous. And I have God, a left-handed book. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> See, you, well, I always say what's written is real, right? When you write stuff down, you have a higher problem, especially as we get older. you got to capture this stuff. But yeah. um, the book, the reaction I got on a live stage when people kept coming up to me, I didn't have a plan to write a book at that point about what's your story. People kept, hey, that was a great speech, but what was that thing about the journaling? Yeah. I'm like, that was an afterthought. It wasn't even part of my, my bit. Yeah. They're like, yeah, but it's really powerful. Like, I'm, I've got a grandfather who's still alive, or I've got a grandmother who's still alive. I'd love to have like a process whereby I can go and interview them. Just sit there, mano a mano, take my dad to coffee, or, or you know, and now now you can do this on Zoom yeah. or record it. So I said, what the heck? And I reached out to a guy who's already already an author, uh, Vincent Staniforth. He had written a book about 20, 15, 20 years prior that was similar. And I basically cold called him off of LinkedIn. I hit him up on a direct message and go, hey, I, you don't know me from anybody. He lives in the UK. <laughs> yeah. uh, I got this idea. I want to repurpose your book. And we'll come up with a new title and we'll collaborate on this. And that's how he came up with the book. Wow. We published it within a year. Is that right? Yeah. Nice. Well, I, I, I have a thought that's kind of yeah. re- reverse. Okay. Uh, not all dads are good to write about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a lot of absent uh, dads in, in this culture, right? And uh, that's one reason why we're in, uh, ambassadors of compassion is because of that that issue most of the, most of the time or a lot of the time. Uh, so our our culture is needed 
information for sure. So when you write, it might be for the way you think a God should be sometimes. Mm-hmm. Or, or how did you come out? In my case, uh, I, I had a, a wrecked family life. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, when I came to Christ, I was uh, 49 years old. And finally gave gave in all the demons and and came to Christ, and and a lot of that was journaling for me. I, I had never written a thing in my life, and my wife, who is a writer, uh, said I, I, she gave me the journal book, and I said, "What do you want me to do with this? <laughs> just just put pen to paper and let it rip." And I learned a lot through that exercise. And I filled up like five or six uh, books in no time. Wow. Just pouring out of my heart everything that I'd been through, everything I witnessed, uh, where do, what, what kind of guy do I want to be. Uh, and, and it was just this great conversation with God. And when I put the pen to paper, I had no idea. I had no thoughts because I really, I really didn't want to do it anyway. But things started coming out. And and boom, mm-hmm. filled up a page, filled up a page, filled up a hundred pages, filled up six hundred pages, yeah. whatever that is over that many books. But um, you ever have that thought uh, as well? I mean, there's another yeah. use for that that title. What's your story? Mm-hmm. And it may not be in Congress with what you're doing, but um, I think I, it has to be thought about. Yeah, anyway. I think. I mean, I, I, I working with kids, uh, especially you know the teenagers, fourteen yeah. my, with my kids' ages. I try to get. I try to talk to the kids about it. Like, hey, you know, you, you should get to know your grandfather or your dad. Mm-hmm. You know, to, even though you don't need to wait till you're forty nine or when you find Christ or when yeah. you're, you're twenty one. Yeah, you can take the time to do this now. But I, I think you, what you hit on the head. It's actually a phrase that I use. It's funny that you said this. Nice. Philip a page. Yeah. I use that in my seminars. Yeah. Fill up a page, so people go because I get people will call me and go, Mike, I got this journal. It's beautiful. I got a moleskin, paid thirty bucks for it, got a beautiful pen, but I don't, <laughs> this stuff's not coming out, right? And I said, look, just just ask a question on the top page. Always date the page yep. so you know when you wrote it, yep. right? So you put it down and you say, okay, what am I most proud of? Question mark, and you just bullet points. Here's yeah. it gets you going. I think that's where a lot of times it's kind of a lost art writing. No pun it intended, is. but it, you know, it is. It, it's true. Like know. people don't want to do it. They want to look in their phones and they want to do selfie videos and such. And that's great. I love technology. Mail a letter. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine? Who when's did the, that? When's the last time you got a thank you card? <laughs> like an actual thank you card from someone, right? I know. It just doesn't happen. But, I, but your your point is is valid. You know, what your story can mean whatever you want it to be. Yeah. When I do sales training, I I teach that as a as a sales technique. You know, when you're prospecting someone and you're going to talk to a decision maker, you get them opening up about, so what's your story? Yeah. Because it's so vague. When you ask somebody yeah. what's your story, they go to, does he want my bio? Does yeah. he want my history? <laughs> Do I start when I was born? Yeah. Does he care what my title is? And then the answer is whatever you say. Yeah. Whatever you say, that's going to be the answer because that's your story. Right. And I think enough, not enough people are asking that. That's why that's I enjoy question. opening the show that way. Because I I don't know what I'm going to get. It might be two sentences. It might be, I don't want to go there. <laughs> it might yeah. be, or it might be just take up the th- first five minutes of the program. I don't care. But I just asked the question to see how it's going to be handled. Yeah. And now about 150 times, it's been, 
different. Yeah. It, it's never the same. No. Because the people are so different. Yeah. Right? And, and people are always going to gravitate. It's interesting when you ask somebody that question, like what's your story or something similar. It's a good way to start off it, the dialogue, though. It, it right? does because it yeah. shows you what's important to them. Yeah. If they immediately start talking about their kids. I had, I had a gentleman, this was a couple months ago. We were having lunch together, a friend of a friend. And I, he, he asked me for, for feedback because I'm a performance coach. That's what I do, right? <laughs> I said, well, I said, can I be honest with you? I said, uh, I've known you now for about an hour and 20 minutes at this lunch. And I asked you these questions about what's your story. And not one time have you talked about your family. What, what's that about? Yeah. Oh, man. He went this yeah. whole place. Like, yep. you know, typical guy. I would say, yep. and I'm joking when I say this. Yeah. I always say guys are bad at the F word, which is feelings. Yeah. Feelings. Guys just don't know how to feel because yeah. they were taught that from their grandfathers. I mean, my grandfather, I don't think I've seen him cry a couple times ever. My dad, maybe yeah. a few. So we're not taught the feeling part of it. So when you get to that point, you have to ask that question. We're in our last two minutes. Oh, wow. <laughs> time, time flies. Where time go? Time flies. So, uh, my gosh. So um, it, it's, it's important what the lead question is. And then see what happens. Yeah, and um, and I'm a, big, I'm a big big supporter of that, and not losing the human element, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you've been you've been on in and on a lot of media, uh, pretty much all of it, coast to coast. Yeah. Uh, but for those in our audience that don't know you, yeah, uh, and they'd like to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Uh, my website, MikeLindstrom.com. There's a D in there, L-I-N-D-S-T-R-O-M. It's kind of like Nordstrom's, MikeLindstrom.com. I just redid my website. I'm doing uh, more YouTube videos, adding a, added a bigger channel so people can see what I'm about. They've seen me on live stages and such, but MikeLindstrom.com. Wow. And um, and and you you've... I mean, you've been in a lot of interviews. Yeah. I can't even imagine. I'll, I want to keep going, man. I, <laughs> even though I've done these interviews, this is so easy. Well, I, can, I get energized, you know. It's just two people talking. This is the best. <laughs> it's the easiest ones. Uh, my last statement of the day is, Mike Lindstrom, you are a rescuer, man, with all the thousands of people you've talked to and are going to be speaking with. I appreciate you. God bless you, and thanks for being on thanks, the show bud. today. Rescuers, Thursdays at 5.30 Arizona time on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ AM. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.